Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. It's 9 o'clock on the Jim Davis Show, and it's Mav Day, brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street, and Glenwood across from Colorado Mesa, featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. And they're open Monday through Thursday, 7.30 to 8 Friday, and Saturday, 7.30 to 9, Sunday, 8 o'clock until uh, noon uh, over their location at, uh, once again, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood. Grab a, a cup of coffee or a great craft beer and all their all their products. Every single coffee, every single beer that they have comes from right here in the Centennial State. Right in our own backyard. Exactly. And uh, they have no charge, by the way, for coffee add-ons, 16-ounce coffees and 16-ounce beers. And they have uh, eight taps with new on-taps weekly. And check out their trivia nights every Friday at 6.30, by the way. And you can bring in outside food and enjoy a great uh, beer or coffee over at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood, across from Colorado Mesa. Great place uh, for Mav fans to gather before or after the game. Stop by and see James and Amanda today over at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. Uh, there are Mav Day sponsor, plus we'll have some herd trivia. Chance to win a coffee or beer uh, one a week from uh, Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. We'll have uh, herd trivia coming up in just a little bit uh, on the program. So Mike DeGeorge coming up in a moment. Taylor Wagner, also CMU women or men's uh, wrestling coach. Uh, Mike Mendoza is going to join us in the program this morning. But uh, we'll get things started this morning with the head coach of the eighth-ranked Maverick men, Mike DeGeorge. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. All right, with us right now, Mike DeGeorge, his team, the top team in the RMAC right now, uh, eighth-ranked in the nation, getting ready to take on 12th-ranked Fort Lewis on Friday. Mike, appreciate the time as always. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Wait, we got to get this out of the way first, though, because my colleague, Mr. Franzen, who also doubles as the PA guy, uh, dropped a little uh, little extra introducing you on Saturday night. And uh, I understand your reaction was, oh, it was like, oh, that's interesting. I I didn't think you would actually mention that during uh, uh, the, the introduction of Mike at Brownson Arena. I, just, I wanted to pepper it in just to see what would happen. That's yeah, funny. I was surprised by that. And then the officials gave me a hard time. So, <laughs> so way to go. go. Way to go. You already yeah. you created a problem for, for Mike with, with the officials. They're going to give him some grief. <laughs> You 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 ruined that relationship that Mike had at that moment with the officiating crew. Great way to go. Thanks. All right. Well, that... well, well, so will will this continue on, Cake? And will Mike? Will you be okay if it continues on? That's the question I have to start things out. Well, I will say that uh, Bob Petrak started calling me that too because somehow he picked it up that uh, that you guys were saying that on the radio. So. Um... So I guess it's starting to grow, which was what you guys wanted to begin with. So there you go. I, I think, you know what, T-shirts are next. I, I think I need to talk to Joan. We need to talk to, to Dave over at uh, you know, in the athletic office and see if we can get some T-shirts out there with uh, with your mug on a mic with a notorious MDG. I think that would be great. That's the next step. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> think there are going to be a lot of buyers in that one. Oh, I don't know, Mike. I don't know about that. I think uh, I think there's a potential market for that. I think we're on to something here. <laughs> But let's let's talk about what happened on the on the floor this past uh, weekend. Uh, start out with uh, Mac Rineker. What a big weekend for Mac! Reaches a thousand points in his career, and and you look at the numbers career wise, averaging about like nine points per game in his career. This year he's averaging fifteen a game. It just uh, speaks to how he's a tireless worker when it comes to improving his game, 
not just what he does defensively, and we'll get to that in a moment, but how Mac has really improved his offensive game this season to now get to 1,000 points in his career. Yeah, first off, he's just a winner, and he's willing to do whatever his team needs. It's really not about, you know, some guys love basketball, and they compete at the game that they love, and Mac really loves competing, and basketball is what he plays to compete. And um, so, you know, and he's willing to do whatever the team needs. It's all about his teammates, and, and we've really been on him uh, this last year that, you know, with Blaze leaving, we were going to need an additional playmaker, and him and Trevor really both needed to step up and get their games to the next level uh, to be both a big and a guard and not really have a position. And, and both those guys have embraced it, and they're both doing a great job. Yeah, Mac also along with reaching 1,000 points this weekend. Uh, once again, they should just call it the, the Renneker Defensive Award because he, he just keeps winning it all the time, whether it's the, the, the Conference Defensive Player of the Year or the Weekly Award. Uh, Mac, the Defensive Player of the Week, uh, with a great effort against uh, both Black Hills State. He had uh, 10 rebounds, three steals in that game, and then against South Dakota Mines, had three more steals and three blocks. So uh, for the fourth time just this season, Mac Renneker, the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, and let's face it, he should win it every week. I mean, he's the best defensive player in the league, and he and he's relentless in his effort. And so, yeah, he, he's uh, absolutely deserved. And, and uh, you know, he's the centerpiece of what we do defensively and, and why our defense is, uh, you know, in terms of field goal percentages, ranked top in the league. So the Mavericks getting uh, the sweep against Black Hills State and South Dakota Mines, the 80-57 to win over Black Hills State on, on Friday, Mike. And, you know, your, your team continues to be great from three-point range, uh, even better than the South Dakota Mines game. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But, uh, you know, you had 13 threes in that uh, that win against uh, Black Hill State. And as we referenced leading up to it, they have to replace five players. Joel Scott is a you know, pl- former player of the year in the conference, now at CSU. That's a lot to replace. Uh, they are certainly going through some growing pains, losing an awful lot of talent. Yeah, they have a nice young group. And, I mean, they yeah, obviously there's a big turnover, and they had to start over. And, uh, they, you know, Matthew Ragsdale's still there, who's leading the league in scoring. Uh, but they're getting a lot out of their young guys. And they actually played really well at our place. And, um, honestly, we, we did not play very well. They really took us out a lot of what we wanted to do offensively. And, you know, we had 13 of 25 threes that really covered up a lot of mistakes. We had just a lot of really bad turnovers, and we really kind of bogged down in our offense. Uh, just got out of rhythm, and um, and so it really was not a great night for us, but we were solid at the defensive end, and then when you make shots, it kind of covers up some of the uh, strategic mistakes we were making. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team with us, and then uh, you take you take down South Dakota Mines the, the next night with an 81-56 to victory, a uh, game where you shot in the first half and 50% from three-point range. That's just insane, and when uh, Paxton Ritchie uh, – at halftime was talking to your assistant Kyle Boucher and Kyle's like, oh, you know, shoot 50%, good things are going to happen. And uh, he didn't, that number didn't stay there, obviously, but uh, certainly shooting 50% in the first half against South Dakota Mines, you had 14 threes in the game. Uh, once again, the three-point line was a, was a big weapon uh, for your team, Mike. Yeah, we were really proud of the way the guys responded. Uh, that second night, we really executed way better and it led to some really high percentage shots. And in that first half, we were able to kind of get rolling and, and build up a lead. Certainly great nights. Once again, Trevor Baskin, 16 points. He had a double-double, 10 rebounds. Uh, Mac Renneker with, with an 11-point night as well. And Aiden Cool continues to be really impressive in the in the starting lineup with 11 points, and he hit three threes. But the guy that caught my attention was Sam Goulet. 
coming off the bench, hits back-to-back threes, top of the key, finishes with 10 points, eight rebounds. Uh, Sam's starting to get a little more run coming off your bench, and, and boy, he really, I thought, was very impressive against the Hard Rockers. Yeah, he did a nice job this weekend, and uh, both Ty Aldred and uh, Mick McCurry were sick all week. They didn't practice, so we really felt like it was an opportunity uh, to give Sam an, uh, a little bit more significant of an opportunity along with Ethan Menzies, and I thought they both stepped up and played well. And, you know, it's creating problems for us. We just really have, like, 13 guys now we'd love to play in every game that we feel like you've earned it, and we just can't do that. So right now we're just trying to figure out who's the best fit for a certain matchup in a particular game and kind of roll with them in a more significant role. Um, but, you know, the hard thing about that is that for the guys is that it leads to inconsistent roles about what to expect. Um, and so there could be some challenges from that, but the group's handled it well so far. And, you know, they've been really unselfish in terms of uh, accepting maybe a diminished role that they would have had in another program, you know, to be a part of a winner. And so uh, it's just a really special group of guys. And, and it was great to see both Sam and Ethan step up this weekend. Maverick men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us on the Team Sports Network. And, and you referenced Ethan Menzies, who continues his his comeback and uh, five points against Black Hill State. He had uh, six points in, in seven minutes against uh, South Dakota Mines. And uh, what, what are you seeing from him right now? Because he was three for three from the field in that game against South Dakota Mines. It just uh, There was one point where I had to laugh a little bit when I was calling the game wide open into the bucket, and he's being so unselfish. He's looking to pass to the corner for a three, and he's right in front of the rim, and there's nobody guarding him. He's like, oh, I guess I have a layup here. I'm just going to get the layup. It just shows the unselfish nature of Ethan Menzies looking to make that extra pass even when he was wide open with a, with a, with a bunny right there at the cup. Yeah, and he, you know, when he first came back, he wasn't allowed to jump. That was like his first level of progression back. Like anytime there were bodies around, he wasn't allowed to jump. So he really got into, you know, just kind of distributing in that air in, that, in those spots of the floor because he felt like he wouldn't really be able to necessarily finish great. Um, and so, but you know, and and it is a big part of what we do is that if you're being contested, we don't want any tough twos. We want to spray that out for threes. If teams are going to rotate put two on the ball don't force it up move it to the next guy so he's really trying to embrace those concepts and you know he's still just kind of finding his way but he's definitely got an incredibly high IQ and he sees the floor and just tremendous hands and we're starting to see uh you know the, all of those things you know slowly each I think it's been kind of cool each week he's just taken a little step forward um and a little more comfortable with his body and trusting it and then also just trying to find a role of, of what he should be doing out there offensively. And uh, so it's been great to see his growth, and I think we'll continue to see that over these next six weeks or so. Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach with us. Uh, the Mavericks right now uh, remain the only undefeated team in, in the RMAC as they get ready to take on uh, Fort Lewis uh, on Friday night. And just looking, at Mike, at, at some of the overall numbers, your team's the, the top team in scoring offense in the conference, at 86.1 points per game. Fort Lewis right behind you. 85.7. They have the second-ranked defense in the league behind Colorado School of Mines. Uh, this is uh, shaping up to be uh, one heck of a battle. The Blizzard of Brownson should be a great matchup coming up on Friday night. Yeah, they're just a really talented team, and uh, uh, Bob Petrak deserves a lot of credit. I mean, they lost all five starters to their graduation in the portal, and he's really rebuilt the roster in one year and you know has a nationally competitive team. And uh, you know, they go 10 deep and they average, you know, between 
like 11 and 29 minutes in that group and between 5 and 15 points. So they're all very capable. Uh, they're going to press and they're going to trap and, and really try to make the game chaotic. And, um, and we're trying to play fast. And so we scrimmaged them. And it was, I just watched the scrimmage last night. And I'm not joking. I went and checked my settings because I felt like it was in like fast forward mode when I was trying to watch it. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's, was, what's the deal so here? Frantic. Both teams were trying to play fast. It was like the first, you know, outside scrimmage of the year. And it was just a chaotic deal. So hopefully it's a little cleaner game than the scrimmage was. But, you know, a very talented team, and we're excited to see where we're at. And yeah, no doubt about it. I think, yeah, I think both both sides have probably cleaned up a lot of things since, since that scrimmage that you guys had. And uh, he was named the the Offensive Player of the Week, Obi Agbem. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not horribly butchering his name, but he's averaging uh, just under 15 points per game. Uh, also, uh, they've had uh, really good production from Malik Whitaker this uh, season, Brayden Carter's in double figures as well. But uh, those three players uh, uh, certainly have uh, done a nice job for Coach Petrak. Yeah, Obi played with uh, the Speller brothers in high school. They won a state championship together at Rangeview. And, um, you know, and then he started out Metro with Christian Speller. They were there together. And, um, you know, then he went junior college. And now in his second year has really kind of taken over the lead guard role uh, with Cott moving on to Wyoming. And so he's doing a great job. He's really diversified his game. He was really more of a mid-range specialist in the past. And he's really expanded to being a really good three-point shooter and a lead guard, and he can attack and finish at the rim. And, you know, Braylon Carter transferred from Regis, and, um, you know, he's putting up huge numbers. I mean, I think he's averaging like almost 12 points a game on 19 minutes a game. So he's really incredibly productive on the floor and has taken another step forward uh, this year. And so they just uh, – Malik Whitaker's a transfer from uh, West Virginia uh, D2 school where he was an all-conference player. And so, you know, they just have a very deep and talented roster, and – uh, there are no weaknesses out there, and uh, we're going to have to compete at a really high level. All right, should be a fantastic game. The Blizzard of Brownson, uh, presented by Coca-Cola, and we'll have the game uh, this Friday night on the Team CMU Sports Network, presented by Ken Richards State Farm. Women's pregame at 5.15. The men will tip it at 7.30, and it's going to be a packed house. should be a great environment Friday night. Uh, the Blizzard at Brownson, uh, when the Mavericks take on uh, Fort Lewis College, their rivals from Durango. Hey, uh, Mike, appreciate it. The notorious MDG, Mike George. Mike, we appreciate the time, as always, Mike. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team. I, I do. want to personally talk to Mike and say, are you okay <laughs> next time I do PA if I do that again? I, I will probably ask next Mike's time. a great sport, and I don't think I, – I don't know what he'll say. I don't know. He, but I, I'm, glad, well, I'm, glad, so, I'm glad he took the oath with a great sense of humor, which the man possesses. When you drop that unexpectedly on Saturday night, which you had to, I didn't, because I'm so locked in on getting call the game. I didn't even catch it. You didn't even call, notice, did you? I didn't you? even notice that you called him that. I will say this, because I've asked, you know, the, so Maddie, who's uh, part of their athletic office, I think she's got gotten promoted lately to an assistant SID, or assistant AD, excuse me. She handles, like, getting the PAs together among her many other duties. And I asked her once, I was like, can we get, like, nicknames for the players and stuff for maybe, like, you know, senior day or for the last game of the season? And she was like, well, you know, maybe. You know, but then that involves more work for her, which I don't want to, like, put that kind She'll of say, pressure on. Sure, if you want to do that. Yeah, go, if you want. Yeah, go, sure. You go, go right it, ahead. Go get it from them. Yeah. So... 
Because I was like, well, I thought about it. I'm like, we have, we kind of have a nickname. So are you going to start calling Taylor Wags? See, Coach Taylor Wags Wagner. You going to do that? Is that going to be the next? Uh, and you have to ask him because he'll be with us momentarily. Would you be okay with that? Or, or do, would you prefer a different, a different moniker, different nickname? I feel like it'd have to be, it'd have to be different because it has, it has to be announcer ready, right? Like the notorious MDG, that sounds like a wrestler name, you know. Like it does have that uh, that kind of feel to it. I agree. That's got to, you know. So so if Taylor Wagner is willing to share when he comes on the program here in a few minutes, what that kind of wrestler nickname? Like, did he have like a hardcore nickname in his early playing or coaching days that he maybe want to you know pull out of the closet and. Uh, Shake the, the dirt off. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. We'll see. see. We could find out. I'm also, we'll I also really moment. don't want to like burn any bridges with these <laughs> wonderful established coaches here. That's in why, the Valley. That's why it was great that Mike laughed about it. It was great the officials were giving him some grief about it. It's, that's fantastic. It's fun. All right. Uh, it is Mav Day today, brought to you by Carbono Craft Coffee and Beer House. Uh, they're located at 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood across from Carbono Mesa. And uh, all their coffees and beers come from right here in Colorado. Don't forget they have trivia nights every Friday at 6.30. And you can bring your own food in and enjoy their great beer, their great coffee there as well. They also have uh, chai tea, decaf. They have craft sodas. Also, all of them from right here in Colorado. So uh, open Monday through Thursday, 7.30 to 8. Friday, Saturday, 7.30 to 9. Sunday, 8 until noon. Uh, stop by and see uh, James and Amanda today. I noticed they've got, uh, got some Maverick... Uh, Pennants hanging up and some other stuff over there. It's a perfect place nice. to, to get together before you go watch the Mavericks play. Perfect place before after. Uh, so check it out. Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. I love it. Uh, and, and they always rotate uh, different Colorado beers and, and coffees, and it's fantastic uh, over there at 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood. So right now, you'll have a chance to check it out yourself. Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House as we... Uh, play we, you guys started this last week when i was gone herd trivia the herd of course the the student body names yes. but you don't have to be a member of the student body to win this today so you get a a coffee or drink one a week for for a month from cut over to craft coffee and beer house so that's the prize today and um like i said fantastic coffee and beer over there here's the herd trivia question from cut over to craft coffee and beer house who was the men's head basketball coach the entire 1980s at then Mesa and eventually Mesa State College? And we're going to give you multiple choice here. So, you know, oh, geez, I got to go Google this. Was it Wayne Nelson? Was it Doug Skockle? Or was it Jim Heaps? So once again, for a... a Basically, a punch card for one drink, drink a week, and it can be coffee or beer. It can be your choice. And if you won the last two weeks, don't play. If you won earlier today, don't play. Only won once every two weeks. Who was the head coach, the men's basketball coach, throughout the entire 1980s? Was it Wayne Nelson, Doug Skockel, or Jim Heaps? First correct answer wins today with our Herd Trivia, brought to you by Cutterbutt Craft Coffee and Beer House. First correct answer wins on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right, we will take a break. Coming up next, 
Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, will join us on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. They're a lot of fun. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. On Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. And with us on Mav today, brought to you by Cutterbutter Craft Coffee and Beer House. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick Women. Good morning, Taylor. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. All right, we got to get this taken care of first before we talk we about this last the weekend. Way. Okay, so uh, my colleague here, Mr. Franson, who you know is also the the PA guy occasionally over at uh, when it's not Maverick. Paxton, exactly when it's not Paxton, that he uh, referred to Mike DeGeorge as the notorious MDG in his intro. In his intro, uh, Mike, I think found that amusing. We've called him that on the program before. I just only feel like it's it's fitting that that you, sir. I mean, Wags. It's just a variation of your name. Do you have a nickname, and is that nickname appropriate for one Tyler Franson to use as an intro over Browns Arena? <laughs> Do you have like an old wrestler nickname or something? Because uh, Wags know. seems like a cop, and I'm I, sorry, everyone Taylor. just calls me Wags for yeah. some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I that, don't know. That goes all the way back, I think, to high school. So, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm, not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to poo-poo that. It just, it just seems. I don't know. It feels like it's just a variation of your name, um, but maybe that's maybe you need to consider that. You, we we can work it in. We can we can. We, I'll find a way. I think you're going to have to. I mean, you need to be. We got to have. We're fair and balanced here. We need to be fair about yeah. this. I'm sure the girls on the team have a nickname for me. You might have to ask <laughs> but, them. But, all is it, that. but is it one? <laughs> is it one though that we can actually say publicly though? That's I don't know. I don't know. That's, I don't want to know either. I guess that's a rough fair practice. That son of a gun. <laughs> No, I don't. No, I'm. I'm sure it's always in 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 high regard from your players. I'm sure, sure. That's, that's always yeah. the case. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about the, this past weekend for your basketball team. Uh, the one against Black Hills State. Uh, Sophie Haydad uh, had 14 points. Uh, guys were able to eke out the 53-51 victory. You always play, and you reference this, Taylor. You always play tough games with with the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, that, for whatever reason, they just come to play and it, it's always a defensive battle and um, and it, that game proved it uh, again so we we were lucky enough to kind of squeak out that win and, and get the job done on Friday night mentioned Sophie with the 14 points but she hit a, a three in the in the the fourth quarter that was really kind of a, a momentum changer for your basketball team yeah I mean she's I, I think from the break she's been shooting it really well and and uh you know, she's still getting more comfortable. Um, you know, for those that don't know, she had those one year she did one ACL, the next year she did another, and then she sat out all last year to, to heal up. So she really hasn't played a lot of basketball for a while, and she continues to get better, and, you know, there's still areas for her to improve at, and I think, you know, that'll keep growing. But um, the one thing, you know, having those ACL injuries that did help her is her shooting, you know, because all she would do is kind of spot up shoot, and now – she's become one of our better three-point shooters. So um, she keeps hitting big shots for us, and we'll need her down the end. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, joining us today on uh, the Team Sports Network. And, you know, just looking at some of the other numbers from that Black Hill State game, uh, Taylor, uh, Sophie with the 14 points, Olivia Reed had 11 points. Uh, Josie Stedman continues to be a really good piece off your bench, nine points for her uh, in that game, and uh, she also hit a, a three as well for you. 
Yeah, I, you know, Josie keeps doing what she does, and, you know, it's fun when she comes in. I think everybody in the crowd gets excited when she shoots that three, cause, and I think it's going in every time, too. So she continues to hit big shots for us and, and uh, you know, gives us that lift off the bench. I mean, her and her and Mason do a great job coming off the bench and giving us some lift in the, in the scoring department for sure. And then it was South Dakota Mines on Saturday night. Were you able to uh, go on that 12-0 run in the fourth quarter to really pull away and win it 71-58? to And I know uh, after the game when you were talking with Paxton Ritchie that you felt like you were the team that went to Rapid City, not not that they were the, 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 the visiting team, that you were more like the, the, the visiting team. You just felt like you, you, you didn't, you were kind of a little bit sluggish through uh, probably three quarters of that basketball game, but you, you found a way to get it done down the stretch with that impressive 12-0 run in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, we just could not shake them. And, you know, I thought the previous night they didn't play well and and I was really worried, like, okay, you know, when teams don't play well, they're going to come out. And some of the matchups didn't work in our favor and, and I was a little worried about that. And we gave them some confidence early on and they stuck around. But, you know, in that fourth quarter, we, we kind of clamped down defensively. And, and then, too, you mentioned that 12-0 run. I, I felt like... You know, we hit a couple big shots, and I know Josie hit a couple threes during that time. And it, it really stretched the game, you know, in those last few minutes of the fourth quarter. And fast break opportunities. I mean, they were there for your team. You you had the advantage 11-0 on them when it comes to uh, fast break points. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Mason had two steals to a layup. Kylie Kravick had two steals to layup. So that um, was good, those turnovers. And then, you know, turning those into points made a big difference in the game. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team with us. Kylie Kravig, you, you mentioned her uh, 15 points, seven assists, four steals. She only turned it over one time, and she played a ton. She played all but three and a half minutes in that game. It might be, for, for Kylie, her best all-around game she's played as a Mav. I mean, it, she did a great job. And, and the night before, she played 40 minutes for us. You know, so and, and then had to come back and guard one of the you know better scorers in our league. And, and I thought she did a great job on, on Piper and not giving her any clean looks. And, and, uh, she did a phenomenal job. She got to the rim a bunch too. And, and that's what I've been trying to tell her. Like, Hey, people are pressuring you. You got to go by and, and, uh, you know, relieve some of that pressure and get to the rim. And you do that, you know, then it kind of opens up everything for everyone else. So I thought she played a really good game on Saturday for us when we needed it. And you mentioned Piper Bauer for them, for, for the Hard Rockers. Uh, you know, you referenced a really talented three-point shooter and just a really talented scorer, their leading scorer of the season. It, you know, she got it going a little bit in the second half, but really, I mean, you, you took her out of the equation uh, in the first half, and it was kind of others that had to step up for them in that game, Taylor. It, it was. You know, and that was our key. Is like we want to just kind of face guard her. And I know she had 15 points, but a lot of the times that 15 wasn't on Kylie, <laughs> right. you know, it was, it, it was someone else's responsibility, whether it was on a out of bounds play that we didn't guard correctly. I know she hit her only three right at the end of the game when we switched on her. And, uh, you know, we had one of our post players gardener when we switched on her and she, you know, hit like a 28 footer on us, but um, Kylie did a great job in, in making her night difficult. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, then kind of wrap it up with the, uh, the South Dakota Mines, where uh, Olivia Reed, 16.7 rebounds. She blocked three shots. She had a steal. She had three assists. A really uh, solid all-around game for Olivia. And then Mason Rowland continues to do what she does. Uh, 
coming off the bench and scoring 15 points, but she was a big factor where from the foul line. She was six for six from the free throw line. And so from from that standpoint, uh, Mason had a, a really good game helping you out at the charity stripe. She did. And, you know, that's the one thing she brings where she's so aggressive. Um, she finishes well. She gets to the free throw line. And you referenced her going six for six. I know she's, I think she's second in the RMAC and free throw percentage. And, you know, she's our be- better uh, free throw shooter. And, I mean, that just takes, that's a lot of pressure for other teams to guard. And, and uh, you know, I know when we have to guard scores like that where they get to the free throw line, you know, it's hard to guard, especially when they're good free throw shooters. You can't really do much about it. And uh, that's one thing I, I think that, you know, as a freshman, I'm really impressed with her as she just kind of, Nothing phases her. She can do it all and, and plays at a high level for us every night. Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the Team Sports Network. So it's the blizzard of Brownson on Friday night. Uh, Fort Lewis comes in 7-4 and four in conference right on, on your heels at 8-3 at and three in, in conference play. And uh, currently they're 10-7 they're and seven, uh, on the season overall. And you just look at some of the numbers for them in terms of uh, in the conference. They're currently 7th. In, uh, in scoring in the conference, uh, they're fourth in defense. And uh, for them, uh, leading the way, Lene Billy has been uh, uh, really good offensively, 16 points per game. Kelsey Sorensen, uh, about three points behind her at 13 points per game. So it's a, it's a Fort Lewis team that uh, is right there in the upper half of the conference right now, as I mentioned, a game just behind uh, your Mavericks. Yeah, this will be a great game. They're in well. Um, you know, they're a team that you're going to see a lot of zone. They'll press and and maybe kind of play a different way than most teams that we see in conference. And, and then they've got some players playing at a high level. You referenced, you know, uh, Lene Billy, you know, 19, what is it, 16 points a game. And But one thing that she does is she's a phenomenal defender. She has 57 skills on the year. And, and she's another guard, you know, we kind of talked about Mason going to the free throw line. She gets to the free throw line a lot, and uh, you know we've we've got to do a great jo- job on her and just kind of keeping her in check and not letting her go off on us. All right, we'll have coverage on Friday night the battle at uh, the Blizzard of Brownson, excuse me, uh, presented by Coca Cola with uh, the Maverick men and women hosting their rivals from the South, uh, the Fort Lewis Skyhawks. Women's pregame at five fifteen, the men will tip it at seven thirty. Brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. Taylor, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, good luck coming up on Friday. You bet. Thanks. All right, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, uh, taking on uh, Fort Lewis, which is always a, a great rivalry matchup uh, for the Maverick men and women. All right, 932, Mike Mendoza, uh, Maverick men's uh, wrestling coach, coming up in a couple of minutes on Mav Day, uh, brought to you by Cutterbutter Craft Coffee and uh, Beer. And uh, do we have a winner, by the way, for Herd Trivia today? Yes, we do. Okay, very good. Let me hit this. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Sean correctly answering Mr. Doug Scockle, who was the men's basketball coach throughout the entire 1980s. Actually coached between 1978 and 2001 before going on to be an assistant on the women's team. Thank you. Leaving that little note in there because no problem. Because otherwise, I would have been like, I got no clue. And Doug Scockle, uh, the, when he coached on Steve Kirkham's staff, I mean, Doug was already you know, into the Maverick, you know, Athletic Hall of Fame. And uh, Doug's like, you know, I just still love coaching. I don't want to be a head coach anymore. 
because that's when he turned it over to his longtime assistant, Jim Heaps. And right. Jim played for him as well. And uh, so Doug was like the, he was essentially the offensive coordinator. Love that. And that Maver- those Maverick basketball teams could uh, could fill it up. He did a, a fantastic job uh, in that role as well. But it was just so odd to see Doug Scockle sitting next to Steve Kirkham on the bench. Like he's this, two, this two, doesn't look right. He's two great coaches, and uh, fortunately, uh, had the got uh, played basketball with uh, Doug's son Matt. Matt played briefly at, at Mesa. We lost Matt a couple of years ago, uh, but Matt was a tremendous uh, high school basketball player. But uh, but Doug Scockle, uh, your correct answer today on that one on herd trivia. All right, nine thirty four. Mike Mendoza coming up in just a moment. And uh, time right now to dive into some four-down territory this morning. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with first down. You have uh, Bills kicker Tyler Bass, who uh, missed the field goal Sunday night, missed it from 44 yards out, would have tied the game. And apparently he... uh, Deleted his social media after facing backlash from fans for missing the kick. No surprise there. Yeah, no. That's um, He said, you know, ultimately it's completely on me. I've got to do a better job of getting through to my target. I've got to do a better job of playing a little bit more left when you have a left to right wind. I've just got to do a better job totally on me. Well, uh, fans were not entirely pleased with his answer. And so, yeah. He's decided that uh, needs to take a break from uh, social media. Don't blame him one bit. All right. I'm going to see if I can get this to work. It is the Korean call of, I believe, the Tyler Bass miss. The Tyler Bass miss? Yes. So we'll see if we can get this. We'll see if I can get this to work. No, nope, I don't know if I can get. I, get I think I actually. Do you have it? Can I you, have it here. Yes. Can you? Can you? Okay. This is the Korean call. The bass man. I love that. International calls of NFL games are some of our favorite things here on this program. We, we love them. All right, third and fourth down. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are parting ways with their coordinators, Brian Johnson, out as OC. Of course, Matt Patricia looking for a new job. Shocker. There's a name out there that they are interviewing for the potential defensive coordinator job, a name I'm kind of surprised uh, has not decided to transition from... Head coaching to broadcasting. Guess he still has the coaching bug in him. Ron Rivera oh. for the potential uh, defensive coordinator job for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see. I, I think it'd be a good hire. It wouldn't be yeah. too far a move for Ron. East Coast still. Yeah. Fourth down. We mentioned Joel Embiid, the 70-point night. That he had last night. You know who else had a really good night scoring-wise last night? Carl Anthony Towns, 62 points for him. Yeah, he kind of got a little bit overshadowed last night. That was a Timberwolves record. So we had two players setting team franchise records for most points scored in a game. Embiid with 70 for the Sixers. Carl Anthony Towns with 62 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But... 
of course, neither one could get to 81 like Kobe or 100 like uh, Will Chamberlain. Yeah. Although I've read, and again, we had this conversation yesterday about conspiracy theories in sports. I have heard people say that they think that the Wilt Chamberlain 100-point game is made up. No, it's not made up. There have been, I've heard people say. There's, there's, there's tape of it. There was, it was a broadcast. Is there? Yes, there I've is. I've not seen it. I just, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I'm, I'm, I'm looking this up. <laughs> Uh, this is fun. This is every, fun. Every day it's some new conspiracy thing with you. I know, right? Which is totally not me in any other facet of life. I'm I'm sure that it was broadcast. Not not obviously TV, but uh, see, there was a road radio broadcast. Okay. Of it, I'm trying to find the actual clip of it, but there there was a radio broadcast. Of Will Chamberlain's 100-point game. All right. No TV broadcast, but a radio broadcast. See that? But see, that fuels part of the conspiracy, though, is that people are going, well, it's not on film. You don't have any video footage of it, so how can we tell? So what, now I have to go find this? Is that what you're... Is it, do I have to, no, to prove no, to you? No, 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 no. <sighs> <laughs> this, is, this is just kind of fun. Because, uh, again, every other facet of life, I do not... You know, fall for conspiracy theories. I prefer. Good for you. I prefer the truth. But then there's like, then there's fun sports conspiracy okay. theories where it's like, do you okay. do you want it here? I, if you've got it, yeah, let's hear gonna, it. It's gonna take well. It's gonna take me a moment. Take so a minute. Okay. Keep keep that in mind. We'll we'll stall for a okay. second. But. Ball down the right side. Passes to Shaver and he's open. He shoots. He scores. This is from... He shoots, he scores. 1962, March 2nd, 1962. The Philadelphia Warriors against the Knicks at Hershey, Pennsylvania, by the way. Ooh. So, see, there, there's an actual audio recording of it. And people say, oh, it's probably made up. It probably, it's probably something that's faked. It's been faked. It's... No. That, Whatever. Trust me, it is very hard to fake that sort of thing <laughs> here in our industry. All right, 940. And it's uh, time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. Which obviously, Will Chamberlain's 100-point game did not happen on this day. It happened March 2nd of 1962. But on this day, 1944, the Detroit Red Wings defeat the New York Rangers 15 to nothing at Olympia Stadium to set an NHL record for consecutive goals. The loss starts a 25-game winless streak for the Rangers that carries over into the next season. 1959, NBA All-Star Game in Detroit. St. Louis's Bob Pettit and Elgin Baylor of Minneapolis become the first co-winners of the MVP award as their West team wins 124 to 108. 1975, Ralph Kiner's elected the Baseball Hall of Fame in his 15th and final year of eligibility. Also on this day, 1988, Steffi Graf wins the Australian Open with a 6-1-7-6 win over Chris Everett. Also uh, on this day, 2011, Aaron Rodgers runs for a touchdown and makes a saving tackle. B.J. Raji returns an interception for a score, and Sam Shields has two picks to lead Green Bay to a 21-14 win over the Chicago Bears in the NFC Championship game. The Packers with road wins in Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Chicago become the first NFC 6 seed to advance 
to the Super Bowl. And 2011, the Steelers advanced their third Super Bowl in six years with a 24-19 win over the Jets. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back and talk a little CMU wrestling with uh, Mike Mendoza, the men's head wrestling coach. That's next on Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team. Get in the locker room with Colorado Mesa Sports. This is Mav Day on the team. And with us right now, coach of the Maverick men's wrestling team, Mike Mendoza. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Doing well, thank you. Always appreciate the time to catch up with uh, you on, on the Maverick men's wrestling team. Uh, last time out, you you had the Armac duel in Alamosa taking on uh, Adam State. Uh, unfortunately, uh, lost that one 23 to, to 15, and, and it snaps a 17-match Armac duel winning streak that you had. So a big record uh, falling for for the Mavericks, uh, unfortunately, with that loss at Adam State. Yeah, I didn't realize that till I, I uh, read that later. But, uh, yeah, just told the guys, all right, the uh, streak is snapped, and now we got to start over. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of you know, got to brush it off. And, all right, time time to put together an even longer winning streak the, the next time out. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, starting uh, uh, coming up this weekend. But uh, let's go back to Adam State a little bit because uh, – yeah. Uh, Gus Dalton at 174. Uh, Adam State had a uh, they had that uh, the streak going, and uh, he was able to end that streak with the nine to three decision over Samuel uh, Laura. So uh, he was able to to get the victory there uh, at 174 pounds for you. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Started off uh, the duel with uh, yeah tough start, you know. And I think you know in dual meets you get some momentum going from one weight to the other and, 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 and the other way around too, you know, they had momentum and uh, yeah, we're trying to break it. I mean, 49s was a last second missed takedown. I mean, one more second would have changed that there. And, and so, but that's how duels go. And, you know, 57s, we, we bumped a 149 pounder up or 57 pounder was out. And so, yeah, just kind of a, a rough start to the duel, but yeah, Gus was able to turn that around, and that was that was pretty important. Because uh, yeah, won the next, you know, that match and the following match, um, and then had a tough one at 197, and then came up with a pin at heavyweight. But um, tough loss to to the Grizzlies, and uh, yeah, we move on now to to this weekend. One final thing about Adam State, uh, your, your mm-hmm. six-ranked wrestler, Jason Benarowitz, uh, he faced a guy from right here in town, uh, uh, Grand Junction native Hunter Tobias, and uh, Jason's able to get the win, but that was sounded like it was kind of a, a crazy match, Mike. Take us through that for, for Benarowitz getting the win over uh, over uh, Hunter Tobias. Well, crazy match is going to be common with Jason Benarowitz because he's really unorthodox style and just has weird flexibility and weird feel. And, um, you know, it's one of those guys that you just don't want to wrestle because he does the wrong things and his body is just really unique. And so it's hard for guys to wrestle him. And, um, yeah, he ended up catching Tobiasen and, and, uh, and pinning him. And, um, you know, just those guys have been back and forth and, you know, Jason's really coming into, getting used to using his body and that flexibility and um yeah came up with a pin which was big for us so a big weekend uh, you're, you're at home with uh, ed brownson uh saturday at uh, four o'clock you have Colorado school of mines they come in with a four and two record and then on sunday at two o'clock it's a huge one for you they're they're 15th or tied for 15th nationally 
uh, Shadron State uh, on the mats over at Brownson Arena. So Mines and then Shadron State uh, Saturday and Sunday for, for Maverick fans to get out and, and watch some great uh, collegiate wrestling. Yeah, it'll be, you know, the RMAC, is, we're j- it's just a tough, it's a tough. And the way dual meets go, it's, you know, you can line up, your, your strong guy can be with their strong guy, and sometimes your strong guy can maybe be with a guy that's not so strong. And, and, and so dual meets, they can, you know, just depending on how you line up with the team, uh, can be a little, a little weird, um, there. And, and with mines, they're a tough team. Um, so that'll be a tough one for sure. And then of course, Shadron, um, they've got a solid lineup all the way through. And so that'll be a challenging duel for us on Sunday and, you know, one at a time, but guys are looking forward to competing this weekend at home. It's nice to have two home meets back to back in their own gym and, and against two tough teams. And then we should uh, mention it, it's three uh, duels in a row for you because on, on February 2nd, you have CSU Pueblo at Brownson. That's the Bank of Colorado battle in Brownson. So uh, that's a chance to get out and uh, and uh, take in what should be some great wrestling when the Thunderwolves come to town on February 2nd. Yeah, that's battle in Bronson by Bank Colorado is uh, one of our duels that our team looks forward to, our coaches look forward to. It's just kind of an exciting match. We're kind of a highlight. It's our last home match and um, usually get a really nice crowd for it and put on a little bit more of a show and the whole presentation and the introductions of the guys and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a duel that we all look forward to. But uh, don't forget coming up this weekend, Maverick men's wrestling on Saturday and Sunday over Brownson. Colorado School of Mines at 4 o'clock on Saturday, and then Sunday at 2 o'clock, it's uh, Shadron State in uh, to town to take on uh, the Maverick wrestling team. Hey, Mike, I always appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Maverick uh, wrestlers coming up this weekend against Mines and Shadron State. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Right, Mike Mendoza, coach of the Maverick men's wrestling team, joining us on the program today. All right, at 9.51, uh, tomorrow's program, we've got uh, Connor McGahee, he'll... Uh, have the call tomorrow night of the Avalanche taking on Washington right here on the team. So he'll join us tomorrow. CSU voice uh, Brian Roth. Also, uh, Wendy Caldwell, who is a member of the 82 Fruit of Monument Girls State Championship basketball team on uh, February 2nd. That team will go into the uh, Wildcat Hall of Fame out at Fruit when they take on Central. And uh, she'll join us to talk about uh, uh, that team back in 82 that won the state basketball title in the 3A classification. All right, 951. And it's uh, time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, Cake, you got something you want to lead off with? Uh, not at the moment. Give me a second to find <laughs> something because I'll be honest, I didn't think we were going to have time for garbage no, time today. No. no, sometimes uh, it catches us off guard just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a skosh. All right. Uh, yes, uh, Kevin Durant had an interesting uh, reaction to Joel Embiid scoring 70 points last night. Oh. guess uh, it's more of a video thing. Okay, maybe, maybe I can play this. I'll try to play it. It's, he has a facially his... This is not- okay, I'm still getting other stuff that's... Anyway, he, he said 70. He had 70, and he has this look of absolute... Shock, shock and disbelief. disbelief that Joel Embiid dropped 70 points. Ninth player in NBA history to score 70 points, by the way. Obviously a new career high and a 76ers franchise record. 
So we, we try not to get into politics on this program because we, it we never do. ends well. We do try. Stephen A. Smith wants to debate a certain political figure, a rather famous political figure. Someone running for president? Someone that uh, is currently running for president, yes. Okay, all right. Um, Stephen A. Smith, according to uh, his appearance on the Howard Stern Show, said he would like to have a debate with Donald Trump. Okay. There's, uh, there's not a lot of things you could pay me to do. You could not pay me enough money to watch that. Uh, right there with you. I'm good. <laughs> good. I don't. How don't, would either of them get a word in edgewise? I, I I, it would just be screaming and yelling over each other the entire time. Which, to be but, fair, is kind of like most political debates yeah, anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Well, good luck with that. I, yeah, I'm, I, I will find something else if that. There's no way that's going to happen. It's and probably if it does, not. But. I will definitely find something else to do with my time. I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, we're good. I've seen that. Thanks. Also, sad news because this probably doesn't impact you like it does me. Sports Illustrated once upon a time yeah. was the go-to publication. It was where you went to get the latest on the NFL. Where you went to get great in-depth long you know, articles on, oh, yeah. on, on on athletes, stories. They always had the, the high school athletes in different parts of the country, and some of them were going to be very famous professional athletes. Mm -hmm. Just the incredible stories that were kind of out of out of left field. No, but, it's but it's just, incredibly sad that SI is but they gone basically, the wayside, basically. Basically, they canned everybody. Because the company that leased the name Sports Illustrated owed a bunch of money to another company because they forgot to pay their bill, and then they freaked out, and they were like, everybody's laid off. And then it just sort of was this, it's, it was this horrible mismanagement, and hopefully and, and, those and, writers find yeah, their foot. Absolutely. Unfortunately for, for Sports Illustrated, too, that they, they kind of failed to adapt to the times websites kind of clunky and yeah and others have like the athletic have have ran past them yeah in terms of providing really great content sad because it since the, the 50s that was a, an incredible publication that's our show jim rome is up next have a great day